Welcome to the Light Shine Church Sermon Podcast. I'm organizing pastor Rob Douglas, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to our weekly message. Well, our year of worldwide quarantine has given rise to all kinds of memes and mottos proclaiming new life. Jay was talking about the same thing that we'll start with and kind of end with here today. Uh, We'll emerge from our COVID cocoons like butterflies and enter uh, post-COVID life better than ever. Um, The image of Easter, of course, the image of resurrection uh, is certainly susceptible to cliche. So maybe a question for us is what is the good news of the resurrection today? Is it simply um, a new and improved version of who we are? Uh, I guess that is a good question that I've been thinking about uh, this week. Jesus taught us that the Christian faith could be summed up in two things, love God and love neighbor. And it's the resurrection which sets these commands into motion. If the tomb was empty, if Jesus is alive, if we live as the resurrection people, not just people of the cross, if we love God and neighbor joining Jesus and living by his way, then we just may make Jesus more visible to the people around us who may feel as if God has left the building. We come to the end of Luke's gospel. We've been in Luke's gospel since Christmas. There are multiple ways, of course, to end a good story. And Luke gave us what we would call the surprise ending, something that nobody would have ever guessed was even possible. The surprise ending is one crazy word with world-changing and world-shaping implications. That word is risen. The hints of resurrection were there for everybody, but they went largely unnoticed. And so maybe for us, we could ask a question like this. Will that word risen still continue to go largely unnoticed in our own lives? Or will it shape the things that are to come? So resurrection is not just the continuation of the story. Resurrection is not just a happy ending to the previous story. It is actually, to Luke, the beginning of an entirely new story and really a new age in history. Resurrection means that there is no way back. No way back to the former, to the former life, because everything has already been made new. Will you pray with me? O risen Christ, meet us here and open us up to the power of resurrection. As we hear it proclaimed anew this day, that we too might rise to new life, and participate with you in the renewal of all things. Amen. Friends, here is Luke's accounts of the resurrection of Jesus. 
The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, Suddenly, two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified, bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. Friend, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Everyone was absolutely certain of one thing. The cross was the end of the story. Roman administration of so-called justice had trod upon the powerless for a very long time. The cross is a tragedy for sure, but to Luke, it was the necessary prologue for the new story that was emerging. When Jesus was killed, everyone was planning on a return to their former way of life. And why wouldn't they? It was finished. The butterflies were all talking about a return to the chrysalis in order to go back to being a caterpillar. The fishermen might reopen their fishing business. The tax collectors might return to their tables with little hope of a future. A return to the former life doesn't sound that bad but a new story was about to emerge, which would make a return to former life obsolete. These faithful women had been present for much of the gospel story, but they'd remain largely in the background until now. They have stood firm and remained with Jesus while their male counterpart disciples had all fled the scene. They went back to the tomb after the Sabbath rest to perform one final act of love for their Lord. They must anoint his body and give him a proper burial. Just to be absolutely clear, they too viewed the story of Jesus as finished. Just like everybody else. 
but the stone at the tomb's entrance was rolled away. And when they looked in, Jesus was not there. Their surprise at the empty tomb shows us that resurrection was not what was expected. One of the fascinating things about this story is it's not the empty tomb that changed their minds. The empty tomb, the scripture says, brought confusion, not clarity. The game changer is not the empty tomb, but the word risen. The angel said he is not here, but has risen. In this word risen, contradictions collide. Life comes from death. The women are, of course, perplexed and terrified, but they seem to have this vague recollection that they've heard this strange word somewhere before. The messenger said, remember how Jesus told you that he would be crucified and on the third day be raised. They did remember these words, and they ran to tell their male disciples that the counterparts, their, the male disciples, what had happened. But the thick-headed male disciples, perhaps with the exception of Peter, responded out of their certainties. Like probably, honestly, most of us would have done the same thing. They call the message of resurrection an idle tale. Now, the Greek word poorly translated as idle tale actually means garbage. The 11 apostles, the 11 disciples of Jesus thought that this message was trash. It was fake news. The story was over. But something at least stirred in Peter who got up and ran to the tomb to have a look for himself. But even upon seeing the empty tomb, Peter returns home as if nothing has changed because empty tombs prove nothing. In the West, we typically have overemphasized Christ's saving death, Good Friday. But we've de-emphasized the victory of resurrection, Easter Sunday. But people coming from oppressed and marginalized groups have desperately clung to historical Christianity's focus on the victory of Christ's resurrection because it is the game changer with world-shaping implications. I recently discovered this poem called Threatened by Resurrection by a Guatemalan theologian, poet, and peace activist named Julia Esquivel. Miss Esquivel lived in exile from her own country for decades as a result of her justice work on behalf of the indigenous Mayan peoples of Guatemala. Central America has been seen more civil unrest than just about anywhere on the planet. And indigenous peoples have often been the hardest hit suffering political repression and dispossession of their lands with few resources available to stop the horrific violence perpetrated against them. Julia Esquivel watched as hundreds of Mayan villages were wiped off the face of the earth. 
plunging an entire nation into communal trauma. She stood as a witness to God's justice and compassion. She acted as a healer amidst all kinds of horrific suffering. She herself narrowly escaped kidnapping, arrest, and multiple assassination attempts, which finally forced her into exile where she never quit her resurrection work. It may seem strange to us today. The message of Easter, how could it possibly be threatening? But the dawning of a new age always poses a threat to people who would rather keep on living as if nothing has changed, or as if the cross were the end of the story. In her poem, Esquivel committed an act of defiance against the forces of spiritual and political evil, and she declared that over 200,000 murdered indigenous Mayans of Guatemala she declared that this was not the end of the story, that this was not the end of their story. How could she possibly say something like this? She dared to say it because the cross and death were not the end of Jesus's story. They were rather the beginning of a new one. This is why she can write these words so powerful because every evening, though weary of killings and endless inventory since 1954, yet we go on loving life and we do not accept their death because they live today, tomorrow, and always. It was the resurrection that propelled her quest for justice and for peace. Scripture is clear that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But it is equally clear that we are saved for something. And that's something scripture calls good works. Good works may not save us, but good works is the fruit of our salvation. It's our response to the resurrection. It's not about just returning to the way things were. God is making new things possible. That's why we can take a hopeful stand coming out of quarantine. The resurrection is certainly a joyous event. There is no doubt about it. But it also serves as Jesus's call to discipleship. It's a call to live life his way, loving both God and neighbor better. Our lives might very well be simpler and safer if we were not invited by the resurrection to oppose injustice, oppression, or all forms of evil in the world. We are slowly coming out of our post our COVID cocoons, but the question is, like Shay was asking the same thing, what is it that will emerge? Will it just be a return to the way things were? Honestly, I really hope that the answer to that is no. 
because the last year has reminded us in so many ways that for many people, especially for people of color, things really were not all that great to begin with. Understandably, after so much disruption, after so much loss, we may desire a return to the way things were. I personally believe that moving into post-COVID life is an opportunity that God is offering the church for a complete do-over, an opportunity to shed unhelpful baggage to emerge from the post-COVID cocoon as this truly new people who, like Julia Esquivel, are inspired by resurrection to live out the way of Jesus by loving God and neighbor better than we ever did before. If you were to make a list of all that Jesus did and commanded, what kinds of things would be on your list? Would things like feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, welcoming the stranger among us, clothing the naked, visiting the prisoner, taking care of the sick? Would your list include things like loving your enemy or praying for those who actually do you harm, going the second mile or dismantling systems of oppression? Resurrection changes everything. And a simple return to the way things were is not good enough. It's not resurrection worthy. We've learned a lot over the past year. We know that things in our communities, in our country, in our world, they're not as they should be. And they are not as they will be when God's kingdom is complete. We can be threatened by resurrection. We can choose to live as if the cross were the end of the story. Or we can embrace the new life, the new thing, the new opportunities that God is offering and move into the future possibilities that open up because of it. In our words and our actions, we can make Christ more visible to a world and to draw attention to the truth that this gospel message proclaims that death does not have the last word, that God is still present and active in the world today in the risen, the resurrected Christ, and that we, you and I, we are a people of the resurrection. This is what we Christians proclaim when we say that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.